0: You're listening to The Quints Podcast.
1: After months of political upheaval and 11 days of hearing, a three-judge bench in the Karnataka High Court upheld the restrictions on Muslim women wearing a hijab in educational institutions. The bench held that the right to wear a hijab is not constitutionally protected. In its verdict, the bench comprising of Chief Justice Rituraj Avasti and Justices Krishna S. and J.M. Kazi stated in its verdict that, quote unquote, We are of the considered opinion that wearing of hijab by Muslim women does not form a part of essential religious practice in Islamic faith. The prescription of school uniform is only a reasonable restriction that is constitutionally permissible, which the students cannot object to. End quote. The court also held that the Karnataka government's 5th February order, which essentially banned the wearing of hijab in educational institutions, is sound and that there was no case made out for its invalidation. Commenting on the High Court order, Karnataka Chief Mr. Bommai asked everyone to maintain quote-unquote peace and order and allow the students to attend classes, adding that education was more important than anything else. So, in today's episode, we break down the reasoning behind the Karnataka High Court's judgement and why it may be problematic. Joining me today to discuss this is Vakasha Susdev, the Queen's legal editor. You tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Emmat. Okay, so, Vakasha, before we dive into the verdict, can we circle back a little to the beginning of these hearings? What were the key arguments made by the petitioners' lawyers?
0: So, um, these cases were filed by a, a number of the Muslim girls who were being denied entry, mm. including those who were the very first ones, right? The ones in Udupi who were denied entry. Yeah. They, um, they, they filed these petitions. There were two sort of basic grounds at the time they were thinking of filing on. And the key ground, with which I think, was picked up because of a previous Kerala High Court decision was that the wearing of a hijab is an essential Mm -hmm. religious practice in Islam. And the idea behind this was that you say, look, under Article 25 of the Constitution, you have a right to, you know, practice and profess your faith uh, of your choice. Now, the thing is that that article, so Article 25, where that's specified, it does say that this is subject to public order, Mm -hmm. morality, which is to be interpreted as constitutional morality, and health. So there are restrictions which can be imposed and this is a slightly, I mean, the restrict—the le—the the breadth of restrictions is a bit broader than something than say within your right to freedom of expression, mm-hmm. your right to freedom of speech. So over the years, the Supreme Court had built up this concept that, oh, if something is an essential religious practice, then, you know, the your protection under Article 25 is, I mean, it's wrong to say this, but like whatever, is, is stronger mm-hmm. because the scrutiny which will then be applied to any restriction will be much higher. So if the government is going to come and say, oh, we want to stop you from doing X, Y, Z things. If those X, Y, Z things include an essential religious practice, then the courts may be likely, you know, are likely to step in because then they'll really examine, okay, is this really necessary? Is this meeting, you know, those, the the, the requirements for the restrictions, you know, under public order, morality or health or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if it's not an essential religious practice, if it's, you know, just an ancillary practice, which is not a big deal for your religion, then you know, given the kind of things that the state was supposed to do, you know, it's supposed to be looking to improve people's lives, try and you know, you know, cause all this progress in Indian society and all mm. that. It's supposed to have the power to potentially restrict certain aspects of religious life. Yep. So that's why these girls were thinking okay, obviously let's try, we, we need to kind of prove this. Now the thing was that I think what was tempting was that in Kerala High Court had in 2016 passed an order where it said, you know what we consider the wearing of a hijab for muslim girls to be an essential practice because that order was passed um i think you know there was this temptation on the part to say you know what let's focus on that because it's it's something which a court has already held so let's mm-hmm. go with it right you know there was a madras high court judgment which actually de- rejected a request by uh, some muslim girls but it actually in the in the course of its argument seemed to indicate but you know what the wearing of hijabs is essential when you're in a co-ed space, right? Where mm. you're with men in the area. If it's only with women, then it's not. But if it's, you know, with men around, it, it can be. So what you had was, I think, this idea that, okay, look, there are precedents from the past which say that it is an essential religious practice. So let's just go with that. Mm. Rather than giving more thought, and, you know, so you see a, then a very perfunctory argument made that, oh, look, you know what? It's also protected under the right to freedom of speech and expression, right? What you wear, mm. it's protected under your right to privacy. And there was then an even more perfunctory argument about how it's, oh, it's freedom of conscience as well. And, you know, this whole thing, the way this whole hijab, this whole ban is structured, even though it's facially neutral, saying that, oh, it applies to any religious attire. It's kind of targeting Muslim girls, right? So you could, Mm. so there was a whole argument we made about indirect discrimination. And all of these other arguments were kind of done in a bit of a slipshod manner. So essentially what seems to have happened is that, you know, there were all these other arguments to be made and they were, perfunctorily made but they weren't done in a lot of detail a lot of the focus ended up being on the essential religious practice and then on the other side you have the karnataka government they come up and make their arguments about why this isn't an essential religious practice and you know they focused again their focus also was a huge was to a large extent on that because that was what the petitioners did and they did have some very brief arguments to kind of address some of the other things like you know freedom of conscience on privacy and freedom of speech as well but again, like these things got almost shortchanged by the end because it was a very minimal kind of thing. The whole focus essentially ended up being during the arguments to a large extent was on whether or not uh, the wearing of hijabs is an essential religious practice.
1: Uh, let's jump straight into the verdict as well, which came out today, which ran about 129 pages, but essentially asked four fundamental questions which led to the bench. Uphelding the restriction on Muslim women wearing a hijab in educational institutions and concluding that the right to wear a hijab is not constitutionally uh, protected. Now, these questions basically determine what constitutes as an essential religious practice. So, can you ha- take us through these questions and how the court answered them as well?
0: So, the court's uh, order can be broken down into two, so three main sections. The first section, uh, which deals with that big argument from both sides, was uh, on whether or not it's an essential religious practice as you said they went into this four fold test now that was something which was laid down in the Sabri Mala case uh so in the Sabri Mala case back then the court had you know they looked at what the supreme court over the years had been using for the test for what is a what is an essential religious practice and they culled out a sort of four stage test the main issue which you have to look at here basically is okay if you take this away from the religion um does that have a fundamental effect on the religion, right? Does your religion have a massive change made to it if you take this particular practice away from it? The other key aspect of the test of the four stage test is what are the consequences for a person who believes the faith who no longer has to, um, who no, who doesn't uh, follow this practice? Do they get excommunicated? Uh, are they supposed to suffer whatever you know? Are they considered a sinner? Uh, these are the kind of things which which so what are the consequences really which exist? So that was the test that was the, the that was one issue they looked into the second issue they looked into was okay looking at this since there's an argument here that okay this is a you know a, a right to freedom of expression and right to you know your right to privacy to wear clothes which you want um uh, okay sure there may be fundamental rights but you know there are reasonable restrictions under the constitution right so does having these sort of uniform prescriptions in schools can that amount to a reasonable restriction? Now, this is in the context of schools, it should be noted, not not outside of it as well. The ERP uh, thing applies across the board, but the question of reasonable restrictions is in the context of schools. And the third thing which they then looked into was whether the Karnataka government's order, which was kind of dealing with all of this back on 5th February, was that legal or not? Now, that's, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's almost a, a lesser thing by the end because the other two issues really are the big ones. Because the court came out very clearly and you know when the judges came and read out their order at 10 30 in the morning it was we are the considered opinion that wearing of hijabs is not an essential religious practice in the islamic faith so like huge that's a huge that's a big thing right and they've kind of gone against what some of these other high court decisions had said in the past in saying this um they then said um uh, in terms of the question of reasonable restrictions there also they said you know what when a school wants to impose a uniform this is a reasonable restriction. You can't say, oh, my religion says I can't wear that particular item of clothing, or I have to wear something else with it. If you're violating the uniform, they have, you know, that's not, a, that's not an unreasonable thing for the school to do. So those are the two key things which I think we should focus on here, because um it's an interesting thing, because the court's reasoning on the first and the ERP issue, on the essential religious practices issue is not necessarily problematic. It's it's a bit of a weird thing to say that that every that that we're going to now apply this test so strictly for something where you're not causing harm to anyone else. Because now Shabriwala, when they applied that test, right, they were looking at a thing where people were being excluded from something, right? And therefore they, you know, applied this very strict kind of test on okay, is it impacting the religion? What is gonna happen? Blah, you know, that whole sort of thing whereas this is a, a slightly different thing right when you're dealing with the hijab case you're dealing with someone saying okay i'm wearing something and you're saying take that off they, you know the harm is being caused here to the person by saying this is not a practice whereas there the there was no harm being caused to anyone else by saying that that practice was not essential so i mean the thing is mm-hmm. in a certain sense that seems like the fair way to assess it but Unfortunately, we do have a body of long, you know, these Supreme Court cases. So in a sense, maybe the Karnataka High Court got it right. Okay, you can't really necessarily disagree with them because there's a yeah. lot of Supreme Court precedent over the years, which in itself, there's a whole story behind there of how the Supreme Court actually completely messed this whole thing up. Because when you look at the constituent assembly debates over this mm-hmm. whole concept of essential religious practice, it wasn't about saying, oh, in this religion, is this an essential religious practice? It was saying that okay. a particular practice, is it essentially religious or not? It's almost like it's a very minor mm. semantic difference, but it's a huge difference in terms of how it gets applied over the years. And the Supreme Court kind of perverted the whole test over the years with changing it to essential religious practice. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, so assuming you know where we are, where we are, you know, there's not a lot, lot, not a lot you can do about that, perhaps. So maybe we can say that you know the Supreme, you know, the Karnataka High Court decision not problematic on that one. But on the other one, on the aspect of whether uniforms reasonable restrictions, I mean, it is, it is bizarre like the kind of observations you see there
1: so why did the court held that these were not that wearing a hijab is not an essential religious practice what were the arguments made by the court and what what was the uh, end conclusion as such
0: so the 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 the, the, the court's reasoning on the essential religious practice issue as i said i mean it it follows the supreme court Mm -hmm. tests which are an issue and to an extent, you know, there's an argument to be made that, you know, there is a mm. particular nature of harm being caused here. But as such, I mean, there's not a lot which you may necessarily be able to legally fault with what it does there, right? Because what they do is they follow the test which the Shabdi mm. it gave them. They've then uh, looked at this translation of the Quran which has been used by the courts in the past and approved by them. And in that, there mm. is no specific injunction to wear a hijab. And in fact, there are sutras specifically which are pointing out things saying, you know what, uh, there can be no compulsion on a person in the religion. And I mean, it's a bit weird because I mean, this is this Mm -hmm. is going to mean that a lot of things could potentially be argued to not be essential religious practices in Islam. So, I mean, that is maybe a line of attack against that as well but basically they said that they can't that all the mm. sutras which deal with where you know covering up modestly etc 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 for women none of these things are mm. direct orders to women that she has to wear something like a hijab and that there are there's nothing said mm. it doesn't say anything that oh if a woman doesn't wear a hijab she will you know she cannot be considered a muslim or that she will go to hell or that she will you know there's none of that kind of thing in there either is at least mm. what they found after going through a bunch gotcha. of different provisions so that's the reason why they said it's not an essential religious practice. Um, which, I mean, mm. the an- another key thing actually which they which they raised was that they said that the petitioners didn't do a good enough job of making this clear, of saying that, you know, this is an essential... They didn't show enough to the court that there are grounds to say that this is an essential religious practice. So they said, but you know what, let's, let's mm-hmm. park that part for a moment because that can maybe be fine. Even if the court finds, right, that this is not an essential religious practice. If you say that, look, we have a right to freedom of expression. We have a right to privacy. That gives us a choice of what we wear of gives us a choice of what we consider to be our identity. That itself is enough, right? Then you Mm -hmm. do not need the essential religious practice test to go in your favor and you can still win the case. And this is where it starts to get just, I mean, it's just so strange. There's the line. I'm going to read this out. They said this, no reasonable mind can imagine a school without a uniform. So this is about the part, right, where they're saying, is a uniform a reasonable in, in a school mm-hmm. a reasonable restriction? They're saying no reasonable mind can imagine a school without a uniform. I mean, what? Then they, to, to, to establish this, by the way, they're saying we, this is not a nascent co- concept. We go all the way back to Gurukul and there's concepts of people having to wear particular kinds of clothes. And I'm just like, why is any of this here in this in this discussion? Like it does not need to be here at all. Then there's a whole thing where, you know, one of the arguments which had been tried to be raised was that, oh, this is basically giving, you know, police powers to 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 schools, to to the government when they're prescribing mm. uniforms. And they reject that. And you know what? Fine, let's mm. assume that that is the case. But the most bizarre thing which comes up is that they say, you know, they come to the point that all your fundamental rights, right, can be subject to reasonable restrictions. But what is a reasonable restriction? There are a bunch of tests which have been laid down by mm. the courts over the years right so if you have you know mm. you're going to look at proportionality you're going to look at um whether or not these things seem arbitrary do these uh, are these restrictions discriminatory the standard kind of things which you would do uh, in particular the proportionality test right you'll say mm-hmm. is there is legi- is there a legitimate aim here is this restriction actually achieving you know that aim is it the least intrusive method of achieving that mm. aim You know, these are all the things which a court is... which are supposed to be asked about uh, what is ostensibly a reasonable restriction. Instead, the court just Mm -hmm. bypasses all of that. And it does this this, this insane slate of hand thing where they say, I'm going to read this out again. However, the petitions we are treating do not involve Mm -hmm. the right to freedom of speech and expression or right to privacy to such an extent as to warrant the employment of these tests for evaluation of argued restrictions. I mean... How do you arrive at this? According (laughs) to them, oh, the rights which are being asked for here Mm -hmm. are rights within a school framework, and a school is a qualified public place. And in these kind of qualified places, Mm -hmm. your rights become derivative, and you don't—they're not like you know at their full level. And the other kinds of, by the way, what are the other things which are supposed to be these qualified places are uh, where you're a prisoner, where you're in the army. Supposedly, these are proper analogies for schools, no? I mean, it's it's bizarre because there's no legal authority cited for this. They're not citing any Supreme Court judgment that says that, yes, schools can be considered yeah. qualified public places where your rights now have to be looked at different. I mean, it's it's madness. There's a point where, they, and I'm sorry to use this language, but I'm, but I'm sorry. They have a whole discussion mm. of how, oh, you know what, like people who are uh, under trials, even they have to wear, you know, like what the, the, what the uniform prescribed in a jail is. And then the convicts also have to do that. How is this yeah. a valid comparison to like school students, right? And you're, you, and remember what you're doing is you're using this yeah. to sidestep the question of, okay, is this a reasonable restriction or not? I mean, there are some other apps that then mm. there's even more bizarre comments there. They have a thing about how um, they say that, you know, if you don't have uh, <laughs> the school uniforms in a school and if you just allow kids to wear whatever they want, mm. this will lead to chaos, in on the campus and then in society eventually degenerate into society at large, which again, I mean, what is this, where is this obsession with uniforms coming from? Number one. And in what way is this Mm -hmm. going to affect society at large? And, you know, I mean, then they even have the, I mean, it's, 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 it's it's this, I mean, this cognitive dissonance, which just comes in where they say, Oh, Mm -hmm. the idea of having regulations for uniforms is to create a safe space for students. And, you know, which is directly opposite to what is happening to Muslim girl students now, right? Like mm. they're being heckled, they're being forced to yeah. take off something which they consider part of their identity, which, you know, to, may, whether mm. it's because of family pressure or their own choice, you know, these are this by making them take it off, you're not putting yeah. them in a safe space at all. But this is the language used mm. in this court order. It's just, it is, it is, it is, I don't even know how to describe it, right? I mean. As I said, maybe you can say the arguments are yeah. essential religious practice. They sort of fit within the old Supreme Court's frameworks. But the arguments and restrictions and whether these restrictions mm. are reasonable, it's... it's. I mean, I, I don't even know how this has been written in a judgment. It doesn't make sense.
1: Now, one of the questions which the High Court also tried to answer and which you t- touched upon earlier as well is uh, whether the Karnataka order of 5th February, which basically... Uh, restricted students from wearing hijab was issued without application of mind and is manifestly arbitrary. And they concluded concluded this in the negative, stating that it does not. So can you take us through the reasoning behind why they think the Karnataka, Karnataka government order basically is sound judgment, was, was a sound order?
0: So, I mean, there are two parts to that, to that issue. The legal issue, one was, okay, did the Karnataka government have the power to do it? You know, mm-hmm. to use this, they use a particular provision of the Karnataka Education Act. Did they have the power mm. to do that? Was it within the scope? And to that extent, again, I mean, not a lot you can argue with. Like the reasoning seems fine. You know, they say, look, yeah. the Karnataka company has the power to issue these kind of uh, instructions under the Karnataka Education Act, so therefore, no mm-hmm. harm with them issuing this order. Yeah, but they don't get into the merits of what is raised. And mm. okay, fine, let's you know, since they're saying they're saying that uniforms can be a reasonable restriction, right? However, flawed, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. That part where they're saying, okay, where a uniform is imposed, it has to be followed. I mean, going by what the court has already held, however, problematically, that's Mm. fine. Okay. What is bizarre, though, is that the sort of last point in that government order was that, okay, where there are no uniforms, um, then people have to wear clothes which do not disturb equality, integrity, you know, unity, and public order. But yeah. This part is so badly worded, especially the reference to public order, right? Because in mm-hmm. law, public order is a very specific concept. It's, yeah. it's, you know, we've got decades of court judgments, Supreme Court judgments saying that public order is a specific thing. It's not even, you can't even just say a law and order situation is a public order situation. It to mm-hmm. be much more serious, must of a real threat of violence, must have a real kind of connection, you know, a risk to, uh, to society at large before you can call something a public order issue. So, yeah. I mean, the fact that this order is making these kind of comments about clothes disturbing public order is ridiculous, right? Because essentially you're the only thing you're really actually allowing that is allowing the heckler's veto because you're not, act, mm. because it's not as though me wearing a hijab is going to cause a, a riot. It's someone seeing me wearing the hijab and then be like, how dare you wear it? And then like making a docus, right? Yeah. So that is not something which a government order should in any case ever be doing. Mm. Um, but to get around this again, it's this, 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 this sleight of hand, this sidestep which the court does, where they just like, "Oh yeah, I mean, we, you know, it says public order, but like, you know, we don't have to interpret this in the way we look at public order in statutes or in like, you know, the constitutional framework. Mm. It's just like, I mean, look at it, you know, it's it's a, it's a government order, right? They just they're not really meaning it that seriously. They don't mean mm. it in terms of public order the way lawyers will talk about it. So don't worry about it. It's perfectly okay. Hmm. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, what do you say, right? Or something like that. This is after the, um, the Advocate General had also kind of discussed that, you know, oh, there's a, uh, you know, this this order was a little bit over-enthusiastic. But I Hmm. mean, just just, just look at this. This is, they say, um, there's a sea of difference in the textual structuring of legislation and in promulgating a statutory order as the one at hand. No, there's Hmm. not. (laughs) Like a statutory Hmm. order from a government it's a secondary legislation it's 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 it's, it's what's called secondary legislation uh, under the act this cannot just employ random language so where on earth are they pulling this out from
1: yeah you know i
0: mean where how are you making this 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 argument work hmm. um it's it's just bizarre i mean so this i mean yeah the rest of the, the stuff where they say the order is fine if the, if the government is competent to pass it i mean mm-hmm. i mean cool okay fine right i mean yeah that will get taken up as a legal issue on appeal but this you know this other part of it just i mean it's it's raising so many questions about what's mm. what, what this you know what on earth is going on in this judgment yeah and um yeah i mean it's it's a it's, it's yet another example of why this judgment is i think definitely going to be challenged and why you know it, it might see some changes at the supreme court
1: okay now Akasha, with this judgment, the court has like essentially legally validated the ban of hijab in Karnataka. What would be the impact of this verdict on our on our fundamental rights which are enshrined in the constitution? Do you see an impact? Uh, something on the right to, uh, to life even?
0: Uh, I mean, I think what you're looking at is going to be what is, I think, the most dangerous here is that ruling on essential religious practice. Because mm. now suddenly... If people are going to start saying, "Oh, why is this woman wearing a hijab at the bank? Why yeah. is a teacher wearing a hijab? Why is uh, why is this public official wearing it?" It's suddenly going to be like, you know what? You don't have a right to wear it, which yeah, really shouldn't be the case. And and the point is, maybe that's not what the court is intending, right? And it could be mm-hmm. that eventually a court's going to say, "No, no, no, that's not what the court. That's not how you can apply this." But that's not going Mm. to stop people from using it. We saw the Karnataka High Court's interim order where it had said that, you know, people that students going to schools now and that too, it wasn't even schools. It was only meant to be for basically government-aided pre-university colleges, which is class 11 Mm. and 12. It was only supposed to be for them, that interim Mm. order saying that kids going to those schools will have to not wear any religious attire if, and that's if that's prescribed by the uh, College Development Committee yeah it, that order did not apply to anyone else uh, studying in any institution which was not governed by a college education committee but mm-hmm. what did we see happen across karnataka every yeah. single institution schools degree colleges yeah. everyone was was uh, applying yeah. that order and saying but but karnataka high court said and the worst yeah. part was the karnataka high court was asked to clarify and they actually expanded it and said yeah yeah, yeah even degree colleges uh, you know it's,
1: it's- so there is a possibility that someone wearing a hijab could be even stopped at a hospital, uh, stopped from boarding a bus also, yeah. just because they are wearing a hijab. Yeah, that's, the that's problem an is that, that these
0: kind of, you know, when, when a court pronouncement is done like this without really thinking through what they're doing or without mm. putting qualifications, like they could say, now the way they qualify, right on the reasonable restrictions thing, saying, oh, this is only about schools. You know, if you said that, you know, in terms of this aspect, we're saying this, you know, it, this does not apply to uh, the context outside the classroom for a girl. It doesn't, you know, make sure if you're going to say this, uh, you need to add those clarifications, those qualifications, which the court does not do. And so I think we are going to see a given, I'm just saying, just looking at the misuse of the interim order, which we had from Karnataka, from the Karnataka High Court. Mm. I think there's going to be a huge amount of misuse from this, where it's going to affect Muslim women in public life. The second Mm. aspect of it about schools, your rights, you know, your rights don't aren't as strong when you're in schools. That's, again, a very dangerous precedent. While that's limited to schools as of now, but I mean, what next is going to be designated a qualified public space where we're going to suddenly apply the same rules which we apply in prisons? I mean, it's mm. it, it, the mind boggles, right, that this is going to be the case. And this yeah. judgment opens the door, even if the court didn't intend for it, which, I mean, I'm sorry, a court has to be aware of what it's going to do. But even if the court didn't intend, didn't want this to happen, they've opened the door mm-hmm. for like levels of harassment and misuse, which is going to be used to target minorities, which is going to be used to target, you know, even people just, you know, think how many uh, girls who are considered to be wearing, uh, you know, unorthodox clothing, they could find themselves targeted by these kind of things, right? You're going to see these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, people who... Where thing you know, as I said, the question that the school argument starts applying to other qualified public spaces. What are we going to see? Are we going to see local villages saying, "Oh, in the in the public square, you can only you have to wear X, Y, Z kind of clothing," and then it's going to be like, "Yeah, but that's qualified public space." I mean, the 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 potential for misuse here is so staggeringly broad that I think you know, there's a real, real worry. And one of the last and, and the last few observations in the order also raises another key issue. Like the court almost is accepting that the, mm-hmm. that the um, protests about not being able to wear hijabs were being mm-hmm. um, promoted by and, I quote, and they use this term here in single quotes, unseen hands. Now, this is even more dangerous what you're basically what this basically that though these this last paragraph there is again going to be used it's not even a question it's going to end up being used to say that Mm. all these protests were motivated these girls weren't actually trying to do anything there'll be now harassment of these girls who was funding you who was forcing you they'll be this is going to continue not just you know at the schools at an official level these kind of comments, they will percolate down into society as well, right? It's going to, they're going to face heckling mm-hmm. and bullying in school about this as well. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's really disturbing that the court would include yeah. even this, this, this aspect where they said that, oh, we think there's an issue and we don't want to prejudice that investigation. So we're not going to say anything further, but you know, we need to protect social, uh, you know, so we must prevent social unrest and disharmony and we must protect society. And uh, mm-hmm. you know there are definitely culprits here behind this, but who really mm-hmm. were the culprits? I right? remember who were the people who were uh, who raised actual ruckuses and public disturbances. It was the kids wearing bhagwa yes. scarves, right, wearing saffron scarves. Mm-hmm. Is that investigation going to be looking into them? As far as we know at this point, no, it's not, right? It's only looking into oh, mm-hmm. it was campus front of India. Oh, it was these guys who were funding the girls. They've already there are investigations being launched against these poor girls, you know, who are just yeah. students. And yeah, so, and then mm. this is again stuff which the court is just, uh, the court has allowed itself to be part of this. And mm. it's really sad. It's allowed itself to be part of things which are going to affect people's fundamental rights in Karnataka. And I think beyond, like, you know, you're going to see orders passed by state governments uh, on the same lines as what the, this high court has said. And so, yeah, see, Karnataka high court said it. Mm. So, you know what? we got sanctioned to do it. Okay, you want to fight about it? Go to the high court and fight, right? And you just have mm. this constant, like, uh sort of scope for conflict and confrontation on a communal issue which you know we know who that benefits and it doesn't benefit society Mm. at large it only benefits people of a particular social and political persuasion so
1: Mm.
0: it's unfortunate now that this court order is going to play a role in that
1: okay so my last question was Bukasha was What is the way ahead now? Will this case be taken to the Supreme Court as well? Like, does it hold any water over there?
0: I mean, uh, so there had been some attempts to kind of take this case up to the Supreme Court. At that time, the CGI had said, you know, this is coming Mm -hmm. from one state. It's not yet a a bigger issue. Let it be resolved within that state's high court. And then we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that the high court has passed its order, that order can be appealed. um, And, you know, other petitions can maybe be tagged with it as well. Because we have seen also that you know there have been some incidents in other states as well, right, where this stuff is being mm-hmm. is being done. So yeah, I mean it's very much now the time for the Supreme Court to look at this. I mean the the hope is that they're gonna say look, uh, there's grounds to stay this order. It's perverse. It does you know it, it doesn't have a lot of sense or whatever. The effect that this order could have is so severe on people's rights that we've got to stay it till we make a final determination. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean look, I. I I'm not necessarily going to say that the Supreme Court will say, oh, hijabs have to be allowed everywhere and oh, hijabs are an essential religious practice. But I do think Mm -hmm. at least I'm hoping we'll get a more considered you know, examination of the issues, Mm -hmm. of whether it's essential religious practice or more pertinently I think the question of when it's a reasonable restriction or not. And I'm I'm really hoping at least that we get a a, a complete smackdown of this idea of this qualified public space and equating schools to Mm -hmm. war rooms and (laughs) prisons, which is I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, I can't imagine when they were writing this and they thought this makes this makes perfect sense. Schools and prisons, same thing. I mean, mm. How how on earth is that? Is does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you're just flipping your. What are you treating a school as? Like, what mm. have you made a school into? I, and this is remember, just after they've been talking yeah. about schools as safe as safe spaces, and yeah. suddenly we will now and say, oh, well, we can compare them to a prison. Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, just 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 it's 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 and at least hopefully the supreme court will so so the the, the best case scenario supreme court stays mm. it hears it yeah ends this stuff right worst case scenario is that supreme court will take some time will not stay it in the meanwhile it's going to be misused um but you yeah. know let's see one can only hope i guess that uh we know that, that there are appeals being filed we know there are other petitions mm. which are going to be tagged with it so Hopefully, something yeah. will get uh, Let's resolved. Let's hope
1: so. Right? And, like, it's been a, a few years since both of us have been in school. But, it's, it's of course, months of, like, March, April, May are, like, the exam months also. So, <laughs> I can't just, like, even imagine what yeah. the students are going through. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, the disruption is terrible because kids yeah. have not yeah. been allowed to sit, right? Even during this mm. time, girls who were going mm. weren't being allowed to sit. It's, I mean... This is chaos, and and yeah. remember, this is not just this year. It's now going to continue mm-hmm. next year as well. And, and and I mean, what are the implications it's going to have on on kids' mm-hmm. right to education? It's it's bizarre, yeah, bizarre. Well, thank you, bizarre. Vakasha,
1: for joining us and help us break down the verdict as well. It's always a pleasure to speaking to you.
0: Always a pleasure, Aiman. Speak soon.
1: If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavon and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com.
0: Thanks for listening! Log on to the QUINTS website and check out our other podcasts.